The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsitnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hi, welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. We're in an abandoned old record store, and I swear, this is like a place for a secret hideaway for a Batman supervillain from the show. See, I hear him somewhere. Zach's looking for old pizza or records, is it? What are you looking for for records? Yeah, whatever I turn up. Now, if I don't bore you for a second. I'm a soundtrack man myself. I'm going to tell a little story. Okay, years ago I saw Dick Dale play here, and I went to go meet him at the House of Guitars, and if you know something about Dick, a couple things happened. I was second in line. He was about two hours late, because <laughs> it's Dick. And Dick has the gift of gab. It's like Harpo Marx a little bit, I guess, when you do instrumentals. You have to talk. So he started talking to me and talking to me, and people wanted to hang me in the back because they'd been waiting for two hours. And by the end, he was inviting me over his house in Big Sur. But anyways, there's a point to the story. I look around, I look behind me, and there's some kids, they had to be high school kids, high school age, and I saw they really dug the music. And for me, you might know a little bit if you pay halfway attention to the podcast that I really care about local music, I really care about music. And it got me cool that, hey, these kids, probably not very popular in school, probably about as popular as I was, but they're really into this, they dig this format. And I want to keep it alive. I think that a lot of people enjoy it. And I call it real music. Maybe it's a little pretentious because all music, I suppose, is. But one of our guests today, our guest, our only guest, is actually, I call him one of the patron saints of Rochester music for what he's done. And, hey, let me be pretentious. It's my show. Thanks. And, as my dad says, second best show on the air about music after Lawrence Welk. Yeah, and that's no shame. Well, he, you know, he's got the Jeff of the Future would agree with him. But, yes. anyway. And you're, you're above Hee Haw. Okay, what? Whoa, yeah, Barry, wow, you make wow. your number two. You're the hillbilly music above oh, hee-haw. Oh, yeah. But it's Mike Murray of Whole Lot of Shaking Radio. Thank Howdy, you. y'all. And as always, a little, how did Whole Lot of Shaking and everything come about? Because I really don't know. You've been out oh. 35 years now? Oh, get ready. Here we go. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. It was, uh, I was in radio. I was going to Brockport, uh, University of Brockport, and I was getting a communication degree. And I was at Chesterfield King's show, I believe, we might have even opened that show for them at Scorgie's back in uh, early, either late 83 or early 84, and I met Mick Alber there. Now, Mick was only 16, but someone let him in. So, n- n- there you go. Uh, n- he wasn't drinking, you know. I used to get in underage all the time because of my brother. So. Well, yeah. We struck up a conversation, and I was telling him about all the records he had. He said, well, I'm a community member at WITR, and he said, why don't you come down? We've got this thing called the Friday Night Filet, where you, it's three hours of music, either a theme or an artist. And I said, okay. So I brought in all my British Invasion records and garage records that I had, you know, Pebbles and all that to that time. And we played it for three hours. And uh, Hal Horowitz, who's down in Atlanta now, uh, really dug it and said, hey, why don't you guys do this every week, but do it as a psychedelic show? Well, I didn't have a lot of I was, you know, I like psychedelic, but, it's, but I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. We'll do it for an hour. So... <laughs> 
I uh, dredged up uh, first first song we played was "Baby Please Don't Go" by the Amboy Dukes, and that was an hour, and it went well, and they gave us two hours. And then about a year later, I said, well, can we open it up a little bit? I want to play surf music. I want to play some frat rock and roll. And, you know, it's still mid-60s influence. And they said, yeah. And then, uh, well, this is 84, so 85, and we changed the name to the Boss Beat. Originally, it was the Psychedelic Sunday, because it was on Sunday. (laughs) And then uh, we changed it to the Boss Beat about a year later, and that was, you know, surf and R&B and whatever. And then in 87, I said, Let, let's open this thing up. And at that time, we had three hours. I said, let's just play rock and roll whenever it's from. Who cares? And all that whole time, we had been playing contemporary artists that were kind of doing the sounds of the mid-60s, which at that time, there were probably more than we knew about. You know, I mean, locally, of course, Chesterfield Kings, but there was the Insiders, Cousin Al, the Projectiles, you know. Surfing you on the, the Bargeville, Zombie Stop. Yeah, the Mods, you had all kinds of bands playing that kind of stuff. So we were playing local stuff as well as uh, the Liars and bands from around the country that we knew about. This is pre-internet. So um, that started in 87, and then in about, uh, so we, we, Mick, Albert, and I went on about our business, and then in 96, he said, look, I got a wife and two kids, I got to drop out. I said, fine. So I would drag Del Rivers along with me occasionally, and he did the show till about, oh, I don't know, uh, I should remember 2009, this 2010, something like that. And at that time, there was a little bit of a shakeup at RIT and uh, with the uh, radio station. And some shows were uh, canceled, and they moved a bunch around. And it was Jeff Spivak was uh, nice enough to write about it in the paper. He interviewed me a couple times in the in the DNC, and so uh, that caught uh, the ear or the eye of the folks at WRUR, and they reached out to me and said, "Do you want to do a show here?" And I'm thinking, the signal's a lot better, the reach is a lot better, absolutely. So in 2010, I moved over to uh, WRUR, and now they broadcast in Ithaca as well, so I'm simulcast there on Saturday afternoons from 4 to 6. And uh, and there's plenty of music that reflects surf music, rockabilly, garage rock. And now and again, I'll throw in a glam band, you know, whatever, just power pop. It's it's all I over the place. I sort of come to define it over the years from in terms of pop culture, which you're doing. This is it's a whole lot of shaking music. Like if I think I, there's a video to put up or something that fits, it fits. Yeah, well, let's let's face it. It's based on Batman, the, ti- <laughs> the time tunnel, you know, uh, Marvel superhero cartoons that they showed in the mid '60s. What the, the monsters, man? The monsters, the monsters for sure. Uh, all those the beasts from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, oh. all those movies uh, that that <laughs> that were on. No, it so. does. It creates a sense of place and everything that you really feel with the show, where you know you're part of it, and you just it's something. Oh, this is part of a whole lot of shaking that goes with it. And and the community that it we, is because we talk about. I'll put still like the Dale, the thing I put up with Dylan with the monster figure in back, and everybody's commenting on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. It, it's it's the community as well that that I really didn't find till I saw your brother's band. Actually, your brother wasn't even the yeah. band yet when I saw yeah. him first. Well, so there's, a, there's a popular legend that you actually, when you saw them, you came down because they played Sonic. No, no. Here, okay, here we go. So, so it's it's it was 40 years ago on July 7th. No, I it wasn't. You're not that old. Oh, yes, I am. Well, I wasn't born yet, but uh, I've heard the stories. Eisenhower <laughs> was president when I was born, so there you go. Anyway. <laughs> So, Del Rivers. We'll edit that part out. Del Rivers. That's fine. Del Rivers lived across the street from me. Okay, 
and not too many people liked the kind of music we like. So I, I in, starting in the early to mid seventies, I was buying Chuck Berry forty five here, The Ventures, Walk Don't Run, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Dell says, "Oh, my dad has a Ventures album. He had the first album, and it blew us away." So we're into rock and roll, and of course the Ramones. I bought the Ramones. Ramones are great. So they finally in seventy seven. I'm too young to go and see them. No one was going to let me in at the Penny Arcade. So uh, they came around in seventy nine, and I went to see them. And I sit up in the upper part of the Triangle Theater. Is it Hero yeah. East now? Or is it... I, it's, I just go by and I, you know, I saw a few bands there. I think, is it Hero East or is it, I think it is the Triangle, yeah. Well, it was the Triangle. It was the Triangle. I, I remember East when now. the Pretenders played there, John Cale played there. Well, then there was one night when I think... Um, Talking Heads, I think, played there years ago. Who was too. there? Thomas Dolby was sitting in the upper part yeah. when... Um, I can't remember. Some some techno band was there. Anyway. But he bottom, been blinded by science at that point? Yeah, he did. Well, had. at least when okay. you got the Ventures album. the next night or a couple nights later. So he went. the Thompson Twins were there. And he was sitting in the upper part with his glasses on looking like Thomas Dolby. And everybody's like, what? My what? only thing was meeting Marshall. When Marshall Crenshaw played with Dave Edmonds, he was at the bar afterwards. Yeah, well, where else <laughs> that would was you be? You know? But so anyway, it's it's July seventh, nineteen seventy nine. Things are finally starting to change. I mean, radio was all album rock at this point, which I had been to see REO Speedwagon. Been, uh... I had been to see the Eagles. I had been to see ZZ Top before the Long Beards. I had been, you know, <laughs> REO Speedwagon, Doobie Brothers, you name it. I went to see all that. But I really, in my heart, I love these Ventures records and Chuck Berry records and Beatles rock and roll music and the Stones and everything else. So. So I go in here, and I sit in the upper, Dell and I go, well, let's sit up here so we can see the band, you know? So they come out, and they do Big City by the Pretty Things. And I look at him, and he looks at me and goes, who the hell else knows about the Pretty Things? Well, it turns out a lot of people did, but, you know, in, in North Greece, New York, not a lot of people, me and him. So I'm like, we're going down on the floor to heck with this. And we did, and it was like people were pogoing and hopping up and down and screaming and Having a good old time, and I'm like, this is where I want to be. I had my copy of that stuff, W. Sorrow, and nobody knew what the heck there, it was. There you and I go. would make the case that they were as good as the Stones, but they didn't go for record deals. And then people would look at me like, who the hell are they? No, Townsend <laughs> admitted that he got the idea for Tommy from that yeah. album. And so the thing with me, too, was at the time, remember, because this was back in the Stone Age, ah, yes. concerts were cheap. And when you're a teen and stuff, so yeah. I went to I went to all those big shows because they were cheap. I didn't my like mom get like bucks. Iron Maiden yeah. rush tickets, yeah, all this stuff. But then I became because of seeing the, the local. I became such a small club person, yeah. And that was my music. And I still remember trying to enlighten the people in high school, suburban high school. They wow. listen to the REO sticks, all this stuff. More power to them. But I would say, okay, I'll make you, you know, get you some stuff. You ever hear Gun Club? Yeah, they'd come back and say, Rob. That gun club sucks. <laughs> yeah. So well, because it wasn't cool. The that yeah, wasn't some, even about the music. That's listen to some good. Friend. A lot of it was. A lot of it, I think, unfortunately, was the herd mentality. Where yeah, if you don't yeah, like yeah. it, you're, you know. And I had my Ramones singing everything oh, there. Yeah. Like, what? Are you doing? well, we kind of wore that as a badge after a while. Now I see Walmart or like Target oh, sell oh, Ramones. Oh, I see oh. somebody come in. <laughs> it's like, well, hey, no, what about us? <laughs> yeah, you see that, and then you see the, the. What now? The vintage tour T-shirts by like Louis Vuitton going for five hundred dollars. Oh, I'm serious. Like, you know, My kids five, wear them now. Like a five hundred dollar pre-ripped rat rat T-shirt. I have one. I have to just. It's just one of those little weird random segues. But I saw the Kinks when they played. It was the Come Dancing tour here. Yeah. And I'll never forget this because I was close up front, and my friend next to me, Ray, was singing. And he spit a loogie right up in front of my accident. And I was saying, 
You're so lucky. Don't wash. <laughs> don't wash. But he's swearing at Ray. Like, why did he do it to me, Ray? <laughs> but then I go to school and I had my shirt on because, like, for gym class, you could wear it. And some yeah. people saw it under you had to wear the uniforms. Why do you want to go see them? You know? <laughs> What do you care? That's no, the bottom I line. Think, well, and that was the thing at, at Scorgies. When, yeah. when when finally, okay, I saw New Math. They do the pretty things. They blow me away. They do a version of Gloria. Kevin Patrick is just excoriating. He's just tearing radio apart going, I called up and I wanted to hear some rock and roll. And all they played was Billy Joel, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, this is great. They're playing at a place called Scorgies. And I go down there and I'm like, this is it. No one cares here. Well, that's, that's one thing is, you know, back then, even today, People are like, why would you do that? How is my doing that affecting your life? Amen. And one yeah. of the parts you know, about that, like, too, is I like, don't like certain things, but how does my not liking Game of Thrones... People offended by that, though. It's amazing. Yeah. Life That's part of our show here, is if you like it, you like it. Well, I think the only people offended by Game of Thrones are the people who threw it together haphazardly for this last season. I've heard. I've heard. I, I love Daenerys. <laughs> okay, you know, you probably follow my things with a crush I have on that fantasy yeah. character. Hey. Yeah, she's got her flaws, but it's which was It's all right, don't. baby. That's your bag, man. Yeah. 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 If you were a dragon, what would you do, dude? You know? What would I do? Ooh, you don't want, don't want to but, know what I do. But it actually it came dragon. a lot about, like, in the community in terms of how I've made friends even. Like, literally, how did I make friends, like, with Todd Kratz? We would just, we I would pop up at a Bill Curtin show, and we just run into each other. You just run into people, and you have their common well, interests. That was the, the thing that was uh, in my, on my mind as well when I talked about going down to Scorgies and seeing type people, well, hey, everybody's into this, and they really don't care if I'm dressed like a punk with safety pins and everything else, or whether I'm just sort of square, which I was, in a T-shirt with my mustache, yeah. you know? It was like they didn't care. And it turns out I would go and to New Wave Night at the Penny Arcade, which was on Mondays, yeah. which didn't always go over well with the uh, regulars. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, I, had, I almost got, I thought I was going to get killed there one time because literally I saw a band there and I, I got pushed into this guy. He looked like a 500-plus pound ZZ Top roadie, and all he did was look at me. Don't push, man, because all the regulars were in the back, yeah, so and they, they did not like this. Me. They like bike, what I call biker music would be like yeah. Bob Seger, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so, but I, it turns out that when I go to these gigs, either there or maybe a band would play some oddball place where they didn't belong, like the Orange Monkey, yep. um, I would see the same people, and I'd go, hey, this is my crowd. And it is. That's what I see every time I go out. It's like you see everybody you there know. There was this woman with a beret, and she was trippy. And I remember they were playing, in between sets, they were playing Rock Lobster by the B-52s on a, the color-lit disco floor, which at that time even the Penny Arcade had because disco was that freaking big. And she was just dancing by herself to Rock Lobster, and I'm going, this is great. <laughs> It was. It was so esoteric. It was just was wonderful. And you go back again to like when the starting of your show is that's what I, in a way I miss, in a way I don't, was like finding different stuff to hunt. Because nowadays, okay, I want this. Boom. Google. Yeah. You, you can at least it. find it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just got a new Morel CD because my <laughs> other one wore out. Found it. You know, you just found it. That's how hard is it find? Like shake yeah. and push, right there. Yeah. Well, hard Before you have to go look. If you spell be, the band's name right, you'll find it. I used it. to call myself a record rat because I would just go down. And we the thing did. was, back in the day, and I hate to use, I use this term with Trevor. Uh, let me tell I told you. Todd Bradley, <laughs> no, I told Todd Bradley when I saw him before the High Risers show, we were talking music, and I was talking about Trevor, Trevor Lake. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I call him the Great Lakes, the Brothers, and I know his dad plays with Bill Tiberio and how he got. Into I went it. to school with their, their uncle. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying, like, I really 
love when these younger kids are into this kind of stuff. And I told them when I talk to people like Trevor, though, and my younger friends, I'm starting to say, back in my day. Oh, I, I tell my kids, back in the Stone Age, before we had anything. But literally, you go yeah. to, like, to record stores and you just hunt. And they were so cheap. I would literally, if I didn't know them, if I saw the album cover, get them from, you know, get a stack like this. Oh, I had a schedule. I mean, I'd go down to the house guitars on Saturday morning. Trying to mornings, find what the Then I'd go going. over to the record archive, and then sometimes I'd make my way out to Fairport. Fantastic. You know? Yeah, and, and I'd check a couple places Lake in the Shore. village. And then, yep, and there. And, uh, you know, that was uh, kind of how we uh, how we rolled back in the day. That's what we did. Well, here's one. When I was growing up, since I'm of a, a bit younger generation, vinyl had kind of been kind of relegated to the past, you know, so we were moving into cassettes. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of uh, the younger generation don't know what the hell cassettes were. Yeah, that's probably better. Yeah, I, I agree. Except for mixtapes. I like mixtapes. Well, everybody liked mixtapes, mm-hmm. holding it up to the radio and hoping they would play that song. <laughs> but wouldn't, and now with the resurgence of vinyl, it's a little different, but is it, wasn't it cool to, you know, after you found it, you look at the artwork, you open up the, you open up the jacket, you read while you're listening to the music, and it kind of enhanced the experience, whereas you get a CD, there's like a picture, or now you get a digital download and there's nothing. Yeah, yeah CD's an endangered animal. The, I have to use them because that's the only uh, format I have to play music uh, uh, at the station. I can't play vinyl. So anything I'd have to burn, but I, I agree with you. And everything's either going to be on on vinyl, which would be great if it's good vinyl, because right. towards the end there was a lot of crappy vinyl. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing I've noticed in my collecting things. Some of the the colored vinyl, beautiful to look at, sound like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was, that's why it was made. That was my first <laughs> Beatles at. record, though. When I was one of the places at Gold Circle, and I still remember everybody had to have <laughs> everybody had to have that ELO double album. Everybody had it. Why? Because it had the little spaceship you built. <laughs> Didn't care about the music. It had no, the little spaceship. That's another thing. But then I got the Beatles. There was the hook. Well, remember Live at Lee's? Didn't the original Live at Lee's like have a piece of like cake? It invite to the show. All I know is that Big Bamboo had rolling papers. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> but my first Beatles album down there literally was that the Beatles, the the blue album, the '67 through '71, yeah. and it was blue. And I got, I thought it was cool. But literally, I got into the Beatles originally just because for some reason I've told this story a lot. Except I would play Yellow Submarine on the Fourth of July. Yeah, and I remember watching. I remember always. I got a hold of me pocket, and I never knew till years later that it was any of their voices. Oh no, no, and and they, it's funny that they got they hated the Beatles cartoons, but they got the guy that produced them to work on Yellow Submarine, Al Broadax. And I still and think they, the animation in there is fantastic. Oh, it's, it is. It's great, Peter Max. Yeah, yeah, and be doing. I'd be singing Nowhere Man. Oh, we'd that go, was it. We go all of us. We go outside. We play like us battling the Blue Meanies blue and everything. Blue Meanies, yeah, right. Yes. Doing it. Yeah, I watched the cartoon. I mean, I, I heard them on the radio, and I remember my cousins making a fuss about them when I was real small. And then I watched them on TV every Saturday. Yeah. Uh, the cartoons. You and know, there was they, another that, one. And, uh, you know, um, once uh, the Raiders were off of uh, where the action is, which I watched every week, every yeah. day, 
Um, then they were on Saturday shows throughout the uh, decade. Uh, I, I used to love the old days of getting up and watching cartoons all day in the afternoon. Well, yeah, now there's no such thing. I mean, it, yeah. it's whatever you want, whatever you want. I was looking forward what we're all to working it. For. Like, oh, but, we, we don't have Saturday morning cartoons. We yeah. have and literally, before I go out and play after school on PIX, you had to watch your daily dose of Batman. Da, 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 da. Gila Gorilla and everything else. <laughs> Yeah, well, Frankenstein Jr. and the Impossibles, and there was uh, Milton the Monster Show, which was always a great one. But all the CBS shows were just great. Well, Space Ghost. Oh, uh, Space Ghost. I got that on DVD. Groovy Ghoulies. The Herculoids, another great one. But I, you know, I grew up '90s, so we're talking the X Men cartoon, which, in a lot of people's opinion, mine as well, the best X Men Marvel ever did huh. when they were broke. <laughs> they made they were broken the shit somehow, when they made that cartoon. Yeah. It was the best version. Somehow of the, the one ever. that's fallen through the cracks, and I'm stunned being me. I might just buy it. I've never really watched a lot of the Monkey Show. Really? You well, know, they're on uh, they're on today. Oh, but, they're on yeah. TV Land or one of those. Yeah, they're on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> <Everything> <laughs> Pretty on. much. Yeah, YouTube loves us. <laughs> but one of the things I was going to ask too is that we've been at this for a long time, going to local shows. How was I call it music then and now? What would you say are some of the then being when we were what, well, when you were younger? I wasn't born and I heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard rumors. I found I found a journal. Well, people used to go out to dance a long time ago. That's what they did. You know, even after rock and roll came in, people were still dancing, just to different music. And then in the 70s sometime, it just stopped being dancing and kind of just people going, huh, Well, you huh. remember Two Grand, like all those, like the, the hangar, all those disco places they had around oh, here? Oh, yeah, I went to some of them, man. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> Well, we're going here, okay. You're driving, we're going. I'm gonna sit there and go, Oh my god, yeah. My friends awful. would call me in like, yeah. college, oh. and go, we're going to two grand. It's like, see you, thanks. Awful, it was awful. But, um, what did I see? There was Club Two on Two in Brockport, and that was was awful. But then Campy and the Frenchmen were playing there, so I knew they were about to fold because why else would they bring in a band? And it was great, it was great, but yeah, can't be in the front. That's actually a topic I was thinking of, I just was talking about recently. Did you see how bands come around? We had Blue Easter Cold played the Hilton Farmers front thing. Oh, yeah. Well, who else? You know, but the thing is, is that you had you had kids able to get in bars, you know, people 16 could pretty easily get in a bar back then. And it wasn't as if they bad. looked old enough, especially the girls. Yeah, and uh, you know, 18 was the drinking age. And you had younger people who were more hopped up and ready. And, you know, we weren't looking at screens all day, you know, so we were ready to rock. And, you know, you either bopped around or danced around or whatever, but that's faded away. Now I go to shows, and some people up, up front are kind of jumping around. Rockabilly show, you meet, might see some people swinging. There's always dancing, a group but, of people dancing, yeah. like they'll break out and dance. But yeah. then, then the damn mosh pit came in. <laughs> Well, slam dancing was its precursor. It wasn't any fun. Years, a couple years back, I was at a show at, at a club across the street from Cleveland State University. The I think the headliner was the Necromantics. Okay. And um, I got cornered. I'm a big dude, but I got cornered by a dude who made me look tiny. <laughs> <clears throat> and he just kept backing up and backing up. And behind me was a a girl we were with, tiny little thing, and she's terrified. So this big 400-pound baby sperm whale <laughs> tromps down on my foot, and I just give him a little forearm shiver in the back of his head, 
I grabbed this girl by the wrist and I said, we're getting the hell out of here. I take her outside where it's safe. But this fat bastard, (laughs) if you listening to this and you were the guy... Send me your send me your address. I'll yeah. come visit. The other you. one too is I mean I always say I'm there for the music. But it's and, not dancing. Yeah. No, I'm there for the music, and I don't really talk to people when they're playing because I can't hear you. Yeah. But the thing that gets me is the distractions we have these. I'll see people there. I've been to shows. I actually saw somebody one time. She gave the evil eye to somebody while she was playing because the guy's by the stage just talking on the phone, mm. and people are doing this talking. I've, like between songs, all you, I, one saw one person played who I really like a lot, but she's sort of softer when she plays, mm-hmm. and you couldn't even because people were talking in the bar, and you wondered why do they pay like their twenty bucks to come to the well, show and well, they're not paying attention, so they can show people that they were there. right. It's like, hey, look who I saw. What they play? Oh, I don't fucking know. It's, it's I was about there. me. Look at what I am and what I'm doing, well, and it's human nature, <laughs> but. It's just you're not going for the I'm, same reasons. And before, who knows? I mean, we would have we would have done the same damn thing. Oh, I'm thing, sure we would. You know, but it's just because of technology, and you can take it anywhere. It's it's not so much focused on the music, like, which is a shame. But that's kind of what it is. Technology right? making it easier for people to be insufferable pricks. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I mean, I do think put on we are that. lucky in this area. I always tell the story about how back. Back in the day again, either 1989 Was this before or after uh, Benjamin Harrison? This, this, yeah, this is one of those things where my friend David Quest and I, we saw, we went down to Record Archive, we bought tickets to see the Kinks at U of our UK Jive Tour. Yeah. And it was insufferably hot. I remember Ray even yeah, saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He said that, you know, he, he enjoyed it, but it was just so hot. And I remember that. But afterwards, we went down to Jazzberries. To see the skeletons of the essentials. That was yeah, the first time yeah. I saw Greg Townsend in them. And I'm thinking, this was way back then, and they're still cranking it out. Yeah, I saw them. I They opened for the Ramones. I mean, Greg it was on my show a couple of weeks ago, and he said they, they opened for the Ramones with his band. He was in a band called The Detours, which I was there, so I must have seen it. I don't recall specifically, but... I remember being there because I remember my friend getting thrown out. Uh, <laughs> he says, I had John Lennon glasses on. You know, he's like, they were sunglasses. He goes, let me borrow those. I'm going up front. Five minutes later, he's in a headlock, and the guy's dragging him out. I go, well, there go my glasses. Never saw him again. <laughs> but we're still friends yeah. after so many years. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I saw them at Snake Sisters Cafe, which is Lux now. Um, in 1985, I think, and they did a Johnny and the Hurricane song, and I'm like, hey, I like these guys, yeah. and I've been seeing them ever since. The one, the one, thing, the show that everybody got thrown out of, I remember, was going to see Motorhead at the Penny Arcade, and yeah. literally every five minutes, somebody would be getting chucked oh, out. Oh, yeah. Probably take the hand around the neck. <laughs> I saw them at Liberty Pole Way. They were there, I think, did where the Ramones were there too. There was some club on Liberty Pole. It wasn't Idols. It was a larger heaven. Venue. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that. I remember Motorhead was there, and I, the Ramones played there as well. I think Jop Wilson's Fugitives opened up. But there was the like Ramones. that blues club in Marshall Street. It was like because the Pithai Club yeah. was more jazz. And yeah. I remember like Muddy Waters and all that. Yeah, yeah, there. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Actually, Cheech and Chong did their first gig in Rochester. Oh, really? Yeah, it was at some place I'd never heard of. It's in Tommy Chong's book. But their first gig was in Rochester. I was in channel oh, surfing last that. night, and he was on uh, that 70s show, Tommy was. Oh. He's, he's the owner of the record shop. Man. But I like, in terms of like passing the torch, as I call it, because I always call 2013 one of my pivotal years for music. That's when I met Michaela Davis, mm-hmm. Sam Snyder, Josh Nesky, all these. And literally, I really met them because of... 
Roy Stein with My Plastic Son and Michaela opened. Then I met Sam, Josh, and all those younger musicians. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to see like bands like the Televisionaries. Yeah. And all these other bands that pick up the old stuff. Well, well, that, that was. I As mean, I say, we, you done good, kids. You're we doing... saw what we, you know, we were there and we had all our bands. You know, the, the Insiders bands I was in, the Projectiles, Fadeaways, all that, blah blah blah. And that that we kind of just went through in the eighties, and then uh, then Rob Filardo and that whole crew, the Garage Pop people. What can we go through? Thumb- trash Can Records and all Thunder that. Thunder Thunderdog, Thunder Gods Thunder with, with Jimmy and the Quitters. Yeah, and that all came Priest. in Duke Galaxy. Yeah, and th- that happened, and then that kind of faded away, and then comes this next setup with uh, you know the Televisionaries, and and now you know Harmonica Lewinsky, yeah. and it just keeps going, and I'm I'm really amazed that Demos, it does, everybody. and it's quality stuff. It's not you know, and their knowledge when you talk to them, it's amazing. The knowledge of music they have too. They love the old stuff. They know the good stuff, as we would say. That's right. You know the good stuff. Yes. So that's really cool, though. It's like I like the way that goes on. <laughs> but we have one thing. Actually, besides talking one. to Mike, once, just one thing. One. We keep calling you Count Mike because of the Halloween show. You want to call me Count Mike? Well, I will be getting. It'll be a few months. I don't. Well, you know, think. I post Halloween videos in the middle of a matter of what. It's that's like, right. You have to. We have a big event coming up, and this big? will be. Really big shoe right here in, in Rochester, Rochester. And New because York. I forget everything, I even brought the promo. It's the Rochester Rock, the Rock in Rochester weekend. Yes, it is. From July 26th to 27th at Photo City Improv. It's going to be explained it a little. You are involved a little more. Haha, <laughs> you're using Not it. really. I'm just, uh, uh, thanks to Jimmy Filangieri for uh, putting this together. And whomever else, I, I apologize who's done it with him, uh, put it together. But it is, is a great idea and it is going to take shape. Uh, on July 26th and 27th, you want me to do it from uh, the Flash Shells in New York City, as well as Dirty Fences, Bloodshot Bills coming down from Montreal, as well as the Surfer Jets from Toronto, yes, and Rochester. The Brooklyn Bluebirds will be here from New York. The Elevator Operators as well. I played a new track from them the other day. Plus local favorites, High Risers, Fox Sisters, Televisionaries, Harmonica Lewinsky, Awful Canawful, Danger Bird, The Low Spirits, and Beef Gordon. It's happening We've got DJs Drew Redman, Pat Kay, Dan Frank, yes, Dan Frank, Jay Bone, Emma, Lee Wolf, the 45 Kid, Calzone, and Al Destructo. All happening at the Rochester Weekender, the Rockin' Rochester Weekender. And there might be a big surprise that Friday. I'm hoping it works out. We're going to raffle off Mike. <laughs> oh, I'm out of breath now. That may have been, the, may been the greatest promo I've ever this heard about one, anything. Well, if I had more coffee, it would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> City is a great place to see shows. It's, There's room. There's room to park. There's room to move, even if you've got a decent you crowd. You don't have to go outside to change your mind. You can actually <laughs> I have tripped over this, and you can sit down if you want. Yeah. You the only thing was the spider. It's you can sit now, down or stand up. It's an amazing bar. But the, have you ever seen the spider? No. I've seen it more than once. I saw when, actually, Katie Preston was playing there, then when the high res were playing. If you're on the left hand of the stage <laughs> for a while, there was a spider that would come down and go up. Love it. It's gone now. Thankfully. Well, they don't live that long. No. I have seen the penis chair in Lux. Uh-oh. Yeah. I don't know if that's still did there you, or not. Did you sit or no? No. Oh, no, I okay. am. But that's a really good man. There was a line. I have to say, the Flesh Tones are one of the best live acts I've ever seen. Flesh Tones, yep. I saw them at Scorgies. Where else, right? And I've seen them since. But, uh, yeah, they, they are. They were at uh, Bug Jar. Saw them at Bug Jar yeah. a while ago. Yeah, the Flesh Tones are going to be headlining Friday, I believe. 
and the one thing about them is I worried about them because the one the guitar player jumped up on a table. I'm always afraid what, when strength? they pull, when yeah. they pull antics like that, they're gonna fall. Do a spinal tap on you. Well, these guys have been at this a long time. You gotta you gotta trust them. It's the young kids that do dumb stuff and get hurt. I've seen people climbing stage. Probably is the <laughs> Well, I've never seen, I can't say I've seen a spinal tap moment like that where I've seen like any of these guys stand up and something uh, fall down. What are the dirty fences like? Uh, it's power pop, kind of rock, rock pop. It's straight ahead. It's good stuff. Bloodshot Bill's great. I've Bloodshot Bill is, is crazy, and he's got like a surf album out now, which I, I don't have. But uh, I don't have that one yet. I've had pretty much everything yeah, else. Yeah, he's Bloodshot Bill, kind of a kind of a rockabilly thing, but uh, just, just, just savage. Yeah. And the surfer just do surf music, but interesting surf music. It's all interesting, but it's Britney Spears. It's a different dynamic to them all, all the way around. It's 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 pretty entertaining, and their version of "She Loves You" was genius. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a good one. Because the Brooklyn Bluebirds, who I've actually been listening to a little yeah. bit online. You tell me. I haven't heard as much from them. They sound like a, like sort of a garagey, sort of rockabilly, sort of. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm ne- I can be honest with you. I never heard of them before. And okay. when I never heard of anything before, I always love to investigate. That's it. And, uh, of course, the elevator operators, great stuff. Uh, real. Unless you get stuck in it. No, jangly. <laughs> Jangly guitars, uh, real good sound. You know, that's one sound. of my phobias because I've been in so many elevators. Yeah, I'm terrified elevator of getting too. stuck in one so of them. Going to the 13th be, floor. You know, yeah. yeah, they'll be playing music. That's another thing I have to jump back a little. We talked about how when we grew up, I was I was shopping at a grocery store around here that's probably well known. What do I hear playing for the music, a Ramones song? Of course. 24 hours to go. It's horrifying. But all the local bands are really, really cool yeah, and nice yeah. eclectic mix here. Yeah. We have the high rises we talked about. Now, the Fox Sisters are one of those bands. People do dance to them. You, you got it. And they're sort of like, how would you describe them? They're a little more, they got some swing beat in them, a little, I say a little swing beat to them, a little jazzy stuff. Yeah, R&B, soul, swing, pop, they're uh, amazing. And it's... Uh, with Pat singing, it's it's. I say something about Pat too. Is that I was powerful a, voice. One of the best singers I've ever seen for a concert of the Zombies was Colin Blundstone. I would point Colin to people, Blundstone. but I would point to him and say, "Look at him! Look how he does that up there. He looks like he doesn't have to go dancing around like Jagger, but he's in control." But Pat's one of those guys, and I think one of the things about a lead singer, I've always said, how do you describe a great lead singer besides the voice, obviously, and everything, stage presence? He makes you feel, you might have 3,000, 300,000, three people in there. He makes you feel like it's the place to be. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That he does. You feel like this is the gig, and that's the flesh tones did the same thing when I saw them at the Bug Theater. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, Pat does that, but the rest of the band is so solid that oh. it's just they it get some real great grooves. They're not immaculate yeah, grooves, but they're, they're real soulful groups. I mean, these guys are great. They, they really are. are. They're fantastic. We tried with this. One of my friends, Moondog Dave, who we had on here, I have to make sure if they're playing anywhere, I have to get a hold of him. When they played at the Bob Shop last time, he comes and it was jammed. It was a nice, uh, they, they filmed that uh, for something. They did a... Mini documentary, but see the diversity of it too is like you get guys like that, like Mark Bradley, that Todd Bradley, they're rocking with the high rises, the foxes. They do a bossa nova act though too. Yeah, the, the bossa nova Bradley brothers. Yeah, when Brian Williams had played 
space for him now and again. He's I don't playing. Know if, I yeah, see he was yeah. at the Little List when I saw yeah, him. So I also see Bobby him Henry. shopping at the Wegmans at East Seattle. Well, there you go. That's where everybody there. goes. That's where the Crohn's is. That's it's, where they it's all becoming, are. You no, know? I've got this yeah. weird habit now of stopping in there. I got a lemon melon just because I wondered what it was. But I literally have this thing now. If I'm out, I'll stop in there at night. I see everybody I know. <laughs> it's one of those weird. We got to do a song. Like there the was a song. It's, it's, there was a Quitters song called "Midnight at the 7-Eleven. Yeah. So it's like midnight at East Avenue Wegmans. Well, I'm telling you, it's, it's... the television areas again. It's the Great Lakes. Uh, yeah, the Lake Brothers just out of control. Surf music they used to do, but now they're doing more pop songs. Yeah. The, the new. Uh, they gave me a couple tracks. I'm playing it as a finger quotes single single. I'm playing it as a single. <laughs> And uh, it's it's really good uh, pop music, real well, solid. Well, apologies again. I've told him enough times. Brendan, I know you're not Trevor. And I guess Trevor told me that happens a lot. I started, Before yeah. I met Brendan, I've been friends. I've known Trevor for a while. Yeah. And I went up to Brendan, and I started talking to him. And he's looking at me like, who is this guy? Because well, I thought guy. he was Trevor. Well, yeah. <laughs> Their other brother, Austin, at least, doesn't, Austin look, doesn't yeah. look like yeah. him. Yeah. But Austin sings. He sings for Awful Can Awful. Uh, he is Awful Can Awful, and it, it's pretty amazing. That is some interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah it's, it's all over the board, and it's really great. Yeah, it is. I, again, I've had a thing for some bands, like I would say for them, but I just say is, yeah. it's listen to them. They're good. You know, that's all I can say. I can't say. He reminds me of uh, Chris Earle's Squires of the Subterrane yeah. somewhat. Awful can awful. It's, it's kind of a similar approach. Pretty cool. If you want something interesting visually and music-wise, Harmonica Lewinsky, <laughs> which is, I could, let, let's take a while to shake it for a minute. Let's go back to like 60s. BC movie culture, yeah, uh. like 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 beat music with the there's there's uh, you know the smoke on stage and uh, mannequins and plants, tropical and, plants, bongo and, drums yeah, with the antennas it's all on like them, crazy and lights, and they're playing this real atmospheric kind of. Rock and roll, and it is it is something. They've been to see known to wear funny hear. costumes too. They have on occasion. Yes. I was actually dressed as a student yesterday. <laughs> the other day I saw him. He had a, uh, like a captain's hat on with a graduation gown. <laughs> Yeah, they go, they rock away though, and it's like you have to again, you have to experience. And I tell people they have to come out live, and that's like I think for mm-hmm. live music in terms of now, I there's a big question still. Should I remember we were at shows, they didn't start till one or two, oh. in the and would it be better if some places? I think they want to draw people in, and obviously in the summer it's still light out. You know, do a little earlier maybe. Well, it all depends on who your audience is. Yeah, you know, I. Uh... Who's going to spend the money? Depending on who they determine is going to spend the money, that's how they'll adjust. But uh, yeah, I would I would agree if if they'd start things earlier. Now I'm not be... though. Years ago, I would have said, eh, whatever with that. I'd be getting down to a show at eleven thirty. They wouldn't even have gone on well, yet. Well, yeah, that was it. You know, and even then, I didn't. I didn't. I usually got there early because I like getting there early because I wanted to get going. And by the time the band would come on, I wasn't feeling any pain. Let me tell you <laughs> those. Oh yeah, those were the days. It didn't oh, matter. A lot of times, yeah. the, the last band going on yeah. did feel any pain either. Yeah. Now, Danger Bird's a really interesting band. My friend Alex Cote. They're more yeah. go back to like that sort of Neil Youngish sort of. Oh yeah, '70s type Almond Brothers, almost I would say. Oh yeah, but it's it, very well done. Very oh, very. Well done. I yeah. thought, again, I'll, I'll shoot out Moondog Day's name. He'll call me sometimes about. He knows I have the insight about the shows around here. Mm-hmm. He'll ask me what shows to go see, and I told him come down there, and I was late, and I got yeah. down there, and he's dancing away. He dances. 
And he's dancing away, and he's like, yep, that's how pretty much he dances. I'm dancing. And he's going on. Visualize. He's going on about it. Don't. (laughs) And he said, he goes, you were right. These guys are great. Yeah. Roll Away is like I call it the best song Neil Young never wrote. The Neil <laughs> Young wrote because it sounds like a you would, it's something you would pull off a Neil well, Young album Neil. and everything. The Low Spirits, the Low Spirits. You know the Low Spirits? No, not really. Okay, well, we're gonna find out. Yeah, and Beef Gordon. Yeah, no, I've heard of. They just played, but I was at a different show. See, this is good introduction. Then we got people that know what they're doing playing music uh, in between, and apparently afterwards on Saturday night they're gonna have a little bit of a fling and. Just play records and all the bands are going to dance and go crazy. Yeah, I actually discovered again because there was some side music on between Harmonica Lewinsky and False Positives. They played a Roy Hamilton song. Yeah, and I didn't realize. Don't let go. And again, you experience these things. There's always something different. And I guess the way he sounds, I think Elvis was influenced by him. Yeah. Because you could, gee, you would never tell. Yeah. Oh. And then we have some other fun ones coming up. Low Straight Jack is going to be back in so, October. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's going to be fun. It's at the German House. In yes. Manchester. I actually talked to Greg because you see if you've seen the cover of the new Nicolo Low Straight Jack, because I was asking him where they filmed. He's the out park. front, yeah. And I was asking, saying, hey, can you imagine walking your dog and you're out in a park by yourself? You go out there, you see all these dudes and pro wrestlers. <laughs> so I'm getting out of here. At least the dog's with me. Let's see. <laughs> but this should be a really fun time. It's it is going to be fantastic, and it's going to be a good vibe and everybody is going to be ready to rock and roll and uh one maybe one surprise on friday Uh we're hoping for it can't say it wouldn't be a surprise if you could say there you go it's not a bill's super bowl because he said a surprise not an impossibility you know i had to bring it up oh my goodness would you like to comment on your prospects no i just drove down here past uh st john fisher and it's all lined up you know they might as well get their money now because they're not gonna be well you know my cross with fame i would walk my dog in fairport yeah. I had a husky I walked, so Raven, miss you. And we were going down by Fairport, and I see a guy coming toward me. It was Terrence McGee, and he <laughs> praised my dog. Oh, man, nice dog. Which was cool. I was like, hey, Terrence McGee did. All I want them to do is be competent and move forward this year. I want them to be consistent. It's going to be tough because you got all new linemen again, and that takes about half a season to gel. So if they can sneak out some wins early on, then maybe, you know. Do you always see the irony of this season? Mm-hmm. Every first-round drafted quarterback, Rosen, Darnold, and Josh Allen, are in one division now because they got traded. Then there's yeah, Tom Brady. Well, uh, but... Here, here's one for you. We'll throw back. The company I am a franchisee for, I went down to their headquarters, and we were doing a training session. and There was this woman who knew... My business partner, who's also my cousin, knew the last name because it's very unique. She comes up and introduces herself. Her name is Hester, Hester Davis. And she's like, you're in Rochester, right? I said, yeah. She's like, oh, I lived in Buffalo for a while. Hmm. I said, why? Did you lose a bet? She's like, no. My, <laughs> she said, no, my husband played for the Bills for a while. <laughs> and I said, who's your husband? Kenny? John Davis. Oh, John Davis. Okay. The guard. Yeah, guard. Yeah, yeah, I remember. The guard. Yeah. And I was like, really? And she's like, oh, you know him? I'm like, yeah, I, I know who John Davis is. And you know, my trivia history, I saw the first game at Ralph Wilson Stadium <coughs> program. Yeah. My dad took me, The bus, it was against Washington. The bus broke down. We got there at halftime. <laughs> I think I saw the second one. It was I have against the, the Raiders. Still. It was a preseason game. 
And yeah, there were fights during a preseason game at a Raiders game. And uh, I have the story that it was like literally one of the la- one of the games, one of the worst experiences I ever had there. It was winter. It was Bo Jackson who was playing for the Raiders. Yeah. And I went. We were like, we're we gonna go. It's really bad. Oh, it's kind of bad. But yeah, we'll go. You know, when you're young and stupid, you drive through the crap. So we're in the end zone and freezing, freezing. It's really cold, really cold. But there was a guy in front of us. Okay, he had a he had Raiders stuff on. Every time the Raiders would do something, he would turn and flick the crowd off. Yeah. So they would rain ice bombs on us. I remember the, uh, the, I think it's still, I have the tape where after the show did, because he was like, you know, they, they asked him on a pregame show, what do you think of the Bills' success? And he's like, eh, whatever. You know, and this is when they were, you know, heading towards, their, I think, their last championship uh, for the AFC. And so the postgame, they win, and they're going to the Super Bowl again. And the postgame show, he's sitting in the, end zone and they're filming him with somebody and they're keep hitting him with snowballs <laughs> while he's trying he's going these jerks out here and it's like well shut the hell up don't call him i still remember like the days of joe ferguson and all that and all oh, those yeah. days shake like, your head joe oh, yeah. Yeah. i was a, i went to one bills game in 2003 me and uh the, the, my roommate in college at the time we went down when the chargers came in mm. so we're sitting in the end zone, and who comes into quarterback for the San Diego at the time, Chargers? Flutie? Mr. Flutie himself. Oh, so I got to see uh, Doug Flutie, and I can't remember if Ladanian was playing. Yeah, I think he was. I think he might have been a rookie or something. It yeah. may have been one of his early seasons. Yeah. So I saw Doug Flutie, a legend in his spare time, and yeah. the future legend, Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, yeah I... Uh... He had season tickets for the first half, most of the 90s, when they were good. So I saw a lot of good stuff. So me and Jeff of the Future and Mr. Bill from Reggae Sounds. I don't have the energy anymore, really. That's my problem with that. I don't feel like going for the park. No, the couch is a very nice You can see very nice. I can turn the damn thing off when they start losing again. So anyway. It was mixed when I saw him because I saw him in the 80s (laughs) and 90s. So they won some. I went to two Bills games. I went last time when uh, Gronkowski dropped the elbow on the the guy in the center. I was was at that game. Whoa. That yeah. was the only time in his very lengthy career I ever saw Tom Brady playing live. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Because I, I left Pittsburgh. Yeah. He was maybe a rookie or... When did he come in? Like late 90s? 2001. Okay, 2001. So yeah. I was up here starting in 2000. Our long national nightmare started there. And then yeah, whenever I would fans. go home to a game, it was never the Patriots. No. I would catch the Browns, the Bengals. Sure. Playing the Steelers. Uh, but yeah. That was the game I one saw. Game, one game I saw, Tom Brady. The strike game, just before the strike. The strike. Remember the strike? I saw the Steelers. That's when the Steelers looked awful, and Terry Bradshaw claimed they were bad because they forgot his long underwear. And I met Donnie Shell years later, and I asked him about Buffalo. And he's saying, well, my, we hate it coming up. He was so cold. I said, dude, you're in Pittsburgh. How uh, cold there is it? Yeah, I mean, it's it, the, the breeze off the lake is, is brutal, but that's okay. Uh, if you dress for it, you're good. According to Bubby Brister, the breeze off the lake at Three Rivers Stadium yeah, the lake. was a bitch. <laughs> One thing, we'll have you, sometime you have to come back and we have to talk pop culture. Uh, yeah, yeah that sounds good. But we have to, there's no way what? we can ever end this show or ever leave it without talking about the almighty Orville. Do I love the Orville. Yeah, I actually, because he mentioned that you were coming. I had Not the popcorn in the show. Yeah, I had it on my cool DVR because mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I don't want to watch one and then wait. So I, wa- I had it on the DVR for so long, I'm like, you know what, shit, I'm just going to binge watch it. So I got through 13 of the 14 episodes of, well, the, of the new season. And it has been renewed for a third season. Yeah. It, um, it's a good show. 
It was, I wasn't quite sure what to expect because I'm not the biggest fan of Family Guy. And I'm like, if it's going to be Family Guy in space, at least I'll get a kick out of it for one right. Sunday. It was on following uh, the, the ball game on Sunday um, on Fox. And I go, oh, this is pretty funny. And then I just kept watching it. And then it, it just kept up. getting goofy. What was that line and then, you said you really liked about the... Well, because it was um in the first season, Seth MacFarlane, who, if you've never seen the show, is the captain of the starship. Yeah. They take a hit. So he goes, he yells out, you know, D- the old Star Trek damage report. It's like, we have multiple hull breaches, one of the engines down... And Ensign Johnson spilled soy sauce on his pants. Like, <laughs> That's that kind he, of stuff. He put that in the damage report? Still, yeah, we got to get better people. I'm still like old TVs, all my TV. It's like, sure. I still love old Trek. Oh, I, I watch it. Now it's on uh, Heroes and Icons, yep. and I watch it pretty much every every night, you know. And, uh, yeah, you can't beat it. But the Orville, it, it grows on you. And then with, with Identity, it just, Identity, that just blew it out of the water for after, me. Well, after the first couple episodes, people were complaining, like, oh, it's just a Star Trek well, thing. So well, what? yeah, Seth MacFarlane admitted it. He's like, it's a Star Trek that I wanted to see because he was a Star Trek fan growing up. It's pretty evident by looking at this. You know, this is like you, Next Generation Volume 2. Yeah, I mean, if you the, know the anything uniform. about the guy, yeah. you know, he grew up, he really liked, you know, space, astronomy, science fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, he was... He befriended um, Carl Sagan's widow, I believe. Oh, yeah. Andrianne. Yeah, and bought the Carl Sagan collection and donated it to a museum. He was instrumental in getting Neil deGrasse Tyson the gig for Cosmos on Fox because Neil deGrasse Tyson was trying to get a meeting with Fox executives, couldn't get in the door. And then he met Seth MacFarlane at a function and... Hey, Seth MacFarlane opens a lot of doors at Fox. He does. Now he's got his hands full, though, because Disney owns Fox. So, yeah, but uh, they know a moneymaker when they see Well, they one. better, yeah. Well, yeah. Eh, let's, no, they don't. Never mind. <laughs> that's right. I take that back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll go on and we'll have an episode muddling. about yeah, pop there's a whole culture episode and all about kinds of yeah, stuff absolutely. like that. But I think a lot of, too, you get the sort of younger people. Seth's probably, what, around 40-ish now, 30-something. But they mm. grew up, they see this stuff, and they're really into it, and they're bringing this in. It's timeless, I think. Well, the older stuff, I think now they're just trying to throw it out there and see what sticks. Well, I'm People sick of who, remakes, man. Yeah, uh, I, you, you, and that's just it. It's just horrible. Stop. Just think of something new like, or at least redo. If you've got a movie that's 50 years old or a show that's 50 years old, just redo it with technical, you know, the, the 21st century yeah. technical things. And like, Can you imagine a modern-day Get Smart with the tech we have now? Yeah. And just just play the characters the same way. It's yeah. funny, no matter when. It's funny. You don't have to get political. Did or you anything say else. that's the other thing too? I have to stand for that. And did you say there's like a Flintstones remake they could do, which is horrible? I saw it. Well, you know they're just going to screw it up. If they would just redo it, it would be fine. Well, but they can't just don't redo ever it. touch my favorite Martian again or Clark. <laughs> Car fifty four. He warned me about the oh. movie not to watch. As I found I the show, I loved it. Well, the, the the original show is I hilarious. love it. Oh. It is classic. Do you mind? Do you mind? I love it. I actually <laughs> found the first season at the library, and I was dying. And Fred Gwynn's got a good voice. But what's, oh, yeah. what's Al oh, Lewis's character? Schnauzer. Officer, Leo Schnauzer. Officer Leo Schnauzer. Nipsey Russell's in it. Yep, yep. That, that, he plays that. the desk sergeant who, in the movie, gets promoted, I believe, to captain. <laughs> Nipsey. Yeah, he was, he, he was a class act. 
classy guy, hilarious as hell. Yeah, he was the actor who ended up playing George Jefferson's brother on All the Family. Oh, was he a was. policeman yeah, as well. Was. Yeah. Because yeah. remember, first they never saw George. His brother pretended to be him because he didn't want to come yeah, over. Yeah, he didn't want to come over. Yeah, yeah. And then he's in there. Yeah. He was the what? The Tin Man and the Wiz. <laughs> Nipsey Russell, Nipsey Russell. Oh, Nipsey was, Russell, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nipsey well, Russell just, was the Tin Man and the Wiz. It's just Nipsey from all the uh, Dean Martin roasts. Oh, I love it. Oh, 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 we have another episode soon. Yeah. But the one thing I was saying, too, we met, you just touched it. It is a crazy country world right now. People, this hate you. Go on Facebook. Anything. Yeah, just, I hate you. I hate this. Your show, what we do, it's fun. It's yeah. supposed to be, you go out, we're not going to go complaining about, we don't care what your politics are. I we're not going to go. Yeah. You know, I got somebody giving me weird stares the other night at a concert because they have this shirt on. It looks like a Make America Great shirt, and I don't do political stuff. It says Make America Polk again. <laughs> and I got some dude looking at me. Now, if it wasn't Make America, who cares? It's a, it's, a, it's a joke. And even if it wasn't, look, dude, we're all here for the music. And that's one yeah. thing that I have thought for a while. When things, things in the last... Things were always kind of crazy, but I'd say in the last, oh. you know, uh, 15 years, people have just gone berserk. Yeah, well, you know, social media. Yeah, all that, the... that helps. But I'm thinking, you know what? I watch friends of mine on Facebook, on social media, on both sides of the argument, complain vehemently about the other side. Right. First, it was this side complaining about this side. Then it was the other complaining and back and forth. And I, and I look at them and I go, you know, I've seen all of you. At a gig, loving the music, high-fiving each other when a song comes on, buying each other drinks, without taking any of this shit into account. You can it's swear on here, please, too. Don't take any of this shit Thank into you. account. It's so you don't get to do it on your shoe. You I got it, I got it, I got The FCC doesn't get me as long as I click that Willie Nelson button. said, I actually read <laughs> Willie Nelson's book, and he says, well, you might think I am, but I'm really not. I have a couple issues. He says, you get down, you start picking, you get Johnny Cash in, you know, get like somebody who's far right wing. You said, you're all... It, it doesn't matter. Just, yeah. you know what? Just have a good time. Love each other, which yeah. you do when you're in that room and you hear that music and nobody gives a damn about your politics. Stop. No, and Stop. I do. And I Be say this to myself, each other. too. I say being, Leave I've said there. this before on this, how my dad's doing yeah. comfort care in hospice now. You look at the big picture and stuff. You see who people are and you realize... You know, life's too short for that stuff. Yeah. Be nice to each other yeah, and just everything. Just be nice. That's Listen it. to good music, though. <laughs> yeah, it helps. Helps. Yes, but it really does. And it's like there's, you know, everybody wants the same thing, and it's when everybody's just nasty. That's why you see my posts on Facebook. I try to be humorous. I just, but I rarely ever going out about politics. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I You're my, working towards a stand-up gig, buddy. Yeah, I have my. Posting. I mean, I have my views. Sometimes, if you hear our region out, I mean, if you ever listen to him. Be warned, Jeff is subtle, but he'll get his point across. Yeah. But well, we'll, but we try to talk the issues. When we bring him on, we just try to talk. We did a political episode, but what we talked about was how political stuff used to be. I used to work yeah, in D.C., but how time in the diverse. Capital. And, you know, we got to just – and this is what is such a great release, and you're so right. Somebody could be, you know, a big supporter of something. I don't really care. Yeah. Let's have fun. Whatever. Yeah. This, this isn't like, about that. This is about the music. Hey. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. You know, have a ball. It's like and the, then there'll be that one crazy person who's well, just bitter. And like, no, but there's one. I heard. No I, 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 told Todd, I told Todd Bradley this story <laughs> one time. I was sitting for a show one time. There were these people behind me, and they were 
it was some it was actually a show at the comedy center it was one of the ones danny put on but anyways these people are talking behind me and they're going on about how they saw the high rise they're talking about what a great guitarist greg is and i felt mm -hmm. like he's my friend my but then they start going on about their songs and saying, well, you know, how about how they are against women now? Oh, like they talk about this girl as an ATM. And I told Todd, and I said, this thing called a sense of humor, because I feel good. Like I go see Fox 45, I love them, but they're like doom and gloom. The high like rises are fun. It's not like you listen to the, the Rolling Stones that they're most misogynistic. I mean, it's, it's the high risers, really? Do you know these people? How no, but Todd, I told Todd, we just laughed about it. I said, this thing called a sense of humor, irony. They're the nicest else. people you'd and want. They are. They, they are. Really are. But I think everybody's got. You're going to get those people in the minute. What you say? They got it. I think they're well, unhappy in their lives or something. Well, and just remember, the only people that ever get offended are those looking to be offended. Yeah. Amen. But this has been always fun. Well, thanks it for having me. Speaking of for, good music, but before good music, we'll definitely do a pop culture one, obviously. Yeah. Oh, and of yeah. course, for Halloween, you're Count Mike. I can't I'm, do the voice. I will you. be Count Mike now, once again. But I have to, to go scary. back to the clip. Yeah. Now, as always, for us, this is fun. But we're going to give you a preview of the show. You have to come down and see us, the Surfer Jets. And you said they're from Toronto. Where are they from exactly? Port Perry, Ontario. Yeah. Three of the ladies are my, from my Port good friend Perry, Anna Libel. About... She's right around here. Yeah, and Anna's from from Rochester. Somewhere, she's the drummer. Well, somewhere because I send her Christmas cards and I have to get a new, a new address because she moves all the time. <laughs> well, she's she's ditching you pretty good, pal. She's working. Hey, she loves my cards. You, everybody who gets one, <laughs> it's an honor. She used to wrap your birthday gifts in roadmaps. Yes. There you go. <laughs> well, anyway, Anna's playing drums. And the other three are, uh, what we got Sarah, we got, uh, yeah, Sarah's playing bass, Amber's playing drums, we don't have any Amber here, no. Shermie's playing guitar, and so is Nicole, be Anna, and Sarah's playing up. bass, yeah. And what and song Anna, do we want to play? We were going to play Undercover Secretary. There you do, you're the pro with this. Let's it's what's it. happening today, we're going to hear the Surfragettes and Undercover Secretary. Awesome, thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you. you. And we will see Thanks, you next guys. time. Coming back.